Welcome to the Crispin Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Crispin. Topics on today's episode include my interview with MBA's Marina Walsh, highlighting MBA's latest national delinquency survey, as well as additional research, and how lower rates were driven by Fed Chair Powell's comments yesterday. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Candor Technology, home of the One Touch Underwrite, supporting lenders from point of sale to post close QC to reduce repurchase risk, increase underwriter productivity by 400%, and decrease turn times by 10. Even though it is customary to quote the 10 year risk free U.S. Treasury, traders and investors in mortgage backed securities more often watch the three year to seven year securities, depending on general interest rate trends. Mortgage-backed securities and U.S. Treasuries both rallied in price, dropping in yield yesterday after Fed Chairman Powell divulged that the time for moderating the pace of rate increases may come as soon as the December 13th and 14th FOMC meeting. This comes in the last week of Fed speak ahead of that December meeting. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Marina Walsh, MBA's Vice President of Industry Analysis. She's been a member of MBA's research and economics team since 2000, specializing in industry performance benchmarking for residential lenders and servicers. She's responsible for overseeing MBA's annual and quarterly mortgage bankers performance reports for independent mortgage bankers, the Servicing Operations Study and Forum, the Mortgage Banking Peer Group Survey and Roundtable Program, and the Mortgage Banking Compensation Survey Program, among others. Essentially, for more than a decade, she's been at the center of MBA's benchmarking and industry analysis efforts, developing and perfecting products that bring great business value to MBA's members. I'm very happy to have you back on the show. MBA is constantly coming out with surveys, indexes, new data. Where does this fit in with MBA's mission and advocacy for mortgage bankers? Well, first of all, what is MBA's mission? Our mission is really to provide our members with the tools, the capabilities to be successful in delivering fair, sustainable, and responsible real estate financing um, in ever-changing conditions, right? And so uh, we do have new surveys in addition to our, our usual benchmarking surveys and some of our surveys like our national delinquency survey that goes back to 1979. Um, we have started other uh, surveys most recently. Um, just recently, we, we published our, our purchase application payment index um, that Eddie Seiler in MBA really has spearheaded, uh, looking at what mortgage application payments are in relation to median income, um, as well as uh, rental payments. And so, that's really good in this in this time right now when we have an affordability crisis and uh, limited housing. It's a it's a really good product uh, for our lenders to have. Uh, in addition, we're starting a a new home equity lending study this year. Given that there's house household equity of 29 trillion uh, based on Federal Reserve estimates. Uh, that could be a potential area of interest for our members, uh, home equity lending. Uh, and we also have other studies like warehouse lending, looking at uh, counterparty risk, uh, volume from a warehouse lending standpoint that feeds into our forecast, and even broker wholesale lending surveys. So those are some of our, our newer uh, surveys that we've been conducting. 
And the most recent survey I saw you come out with, which we talked about in the Crispin commentary last week, was the cost of origination for mortgage bankers. It exceeded $11,000 per loan for the first time. And obviously that's kind of in conjunction with really tough market conditions. I wanted to ask you, do those numbers concern you with how how expensive it is? Or do you view it as more of an opportunity for the industry to push technology forward to lower costs? It's definitely concerning. And what's more concerning is the fact that not only do we have the increase in per loan costs, but we have decreases in mortgage revenues coming in and decreases in volume. So that that expense is really driven by the rapid change in originations volume uh, you know, this year. It's just been incredibly quick. And you know, companies are trying very hard to adjust to tough market conditions, and it's always hard to adjust capacity, um, whether you have uh, a surge in refinancings or whether in this market you have a dearth in refinancings. Always difficult to have the right matchup of capacity given the volume at any given point in time. So, yeah, it is concerning. It's also concerning that there are net production losses uh, for the first time, uh, you know, for, for, for a third quarter. Um, you know, usually you think a third quarter is a very strong quarter, uh, given that it's marked by the end of the spring home buying season. Uh, but, you know, we're seeing net losses of $624 per loan uh, translates into about 20 basis points. So very concerning. Uh, companies are, are trying to address it. We see that in our data. This data comes from our, our uh, quarterly performance report data through the Mortgage Bankers Financial Reporting Form. And, uh, you know, employees perform, perform are down uh, 7% from the previous quarter and 19% from one year ago. But it's it's awfully hard to um, adjust uh, personnel and capacity in general when market conditions have changed so rapidly. Now, in regard to your second question, Robbie, which is on technology, um, I'm, I'm happy to address that too. Uh, you know, technology has to be, you know, technology is a pretty general term. And what I've seen over the years is a focus on technology for simply compliance, you know, to be compliant and to be able to originate any mortgage. Um, And then there's also a technology on the front end, the point of sale, um, your loan origination system. And then there's technology on the closing end. But oftentimes, Uh, the technology is focused on the fulfillment process, which is important, the processing, underwriting, and closing. But that represents about 20% of overall costs. Uh, And so when we talk about technology, it's about changing business operations beyond fulfillment. It's looking at secondary marketing. It's looking at your sales costs and, and and the lead generation. Uh, So it needs to be sort of comprehensive. It's not, you know, the one ingredient that stands by itself that can change around costs. Uh, It has to be, 
a sort of incorporated into a, a change in the entire business operation, both sales and fulfillment. So you mentioned the National Delinquency Survey there. What are your takeaways from that? And, and how do you feel about the overall trend you're seeing there? Yeah, re- results are looking pretty good in terms of the mortgage delinquency survey. Um, this is through the end of the third quarter, and we're at about 3.45% of loans outstanding that are delinquent. Uh, that includes loans that are delinquent through 90 days. It does not include loans in foreclosure. Uh, so very strong results. In fact, uh, the lowest level since MBA's survey began in 1979. Uh, foreclosure starts and loans in the process of foreclosure are up on a year-over-year basis, but that's because we had a foreclosure moratorium in place. So in general, you know, looks pretty good, but MBA's forecast calls for a recession in the first half of 2023. Uh, And and so we anticipate with uh, the expected increase in um, the unemployment rate that delinquencies may be up. And in fact, we just released um, our latest loan monitoring survey that has some preliminary data on overall uh, mortgage performance uh, through the end of October. And we do see on a non-seasonally adjusted basis, we do see a bit of an uptick uh, in in overall per, uh, delinquencies um, and a bit of a deterioration in servicing portfolio uh, performance in general. Could be caused by the hurricanes down in Florida. Uh, we saw, you know, the most change in Florida, but uh, also could be just the fact that we're coming from a very, very low place in terms of delinquencies. Can you explain some of the methodology that goes into the forecasts and predictions MBA publishes? Sure. In terms of the forecast, like other forecasts out, there there are others that have uh, mortgage uh, finance forecasts out there, but we start with a large-scale macroeconomic model that we use. um, And then from that macro forecast, that feeds into a housing-centric model, looking at housing starts, sales, home prices, mortgage rates, um, and originations volume. We incorporate a lot of data from our various surveys, including our weekly application survey data uh, and other inputs. Uh, We look at pull-through rates uh, to try to come up with a good estimate. Um, So some of our more recent uh, benchmarking data, particularly the weekly application survey, but also uh, data from some of our other surveys are incorporated to come up with this forecast. Important to keep in mind that there are differences out there between forecasts. Uh, There there are a bunch of us that that have forecasts, and usually the differences are related to the assumed rate path. Uh, So that explains a lot of the differences where we think um, rates are heading. Uh, And we do update our forecast on a monthly basis. It is adjusted at this very, very volatile time uh, it's it's tough to be in the forecasting business, 
Uh, and so we anticipate the Federal Reserve uh, meeting notes, pay close attention to what's happening with the Federal Reserve and the housing reports and all the other data. Inflation, uh, obviously, is a big factor right now. So uh, it's a matter of trying to take those data points and, and take the best shot we can. Where's your head when it comes to what to look forward to in 2023 for the industry? I think there's I think there's some cautious optimism out there after what has been kind of a bloodbath of a year here in 2022. Yeah, 2022 has been very tough and it could continue for a couple more quarters. Again, when you think about it, barring a big refinance boom, we usually see better profitability in the second and third quarters versus the fourth and the first quarters. Uh, but we we anticipate that this recession in the first half of the year, that's going to uh, sort of uh, keep uh, any type of rate increases at bay uh, and inflation will, you know, fall towards the Fed's target of 2%. Uh, so we think mortgage rates are probably going to settle at about 5.4% by the end of 2023. And we're also going to see home prices that are going to stay relatively flat uh, the next two years. There, there could be home uh, price declines in certain markets, but overall pretty flat. Silver linings, demographics are still very strong. Uh, you know, we have this 28 to 38-year-old population uh, desperately looking for housing, um, so I think that's a silver lining. I do think that servicing remains a silver lining now and even in the future with a, a potential recession in the first half of the year. Um, the high loan balances are increasing the, the per loan servicing fees. Uh, we're not in a period where we're expecting delinquencies to reach what they were during the Great Recession. Nowhere close to that. And so even with the rise in delinquencies, uh, uh, servicing, I think, is a potential silver lining. Uh, in addition, you know, there are some products out there that um, hold promise, uh, home equity loans, um, home equity lines of credit, hearing a lot about buy downs. Um, and so, you know, expectation is that the second half of the year of 2023 will will be better than the first half. I hope so too. So I want to close by asking you, are there any other data points, MBA's data points that have caught your eye recently or that you think would be good for our listeners to hear? Well, I think it's really important to, again, look at the Purchase Applications Payment Index. We call it PAPI for short. Um, it's based on data from the weekly application survey. And that, that really is a great measurement of um, home buyer affordability. We're trying to do more and more uh, in, in terms of uh, analysis regarding home buyer affordability, um, particularly for underserved communities. It's, it's part of our, our uh, goals for our convergence product projects. Um, and uh, so, so I think that, that following that, that index is, is, is important. Um, I do think this isn't an MBA data point, but just a data point in general. It's important to look at debt service in general, household debt service. 
and still relatively healthy. Um, the personal savings rate has gone down, but if you look at mortgage payments in relation to uh, income, looking at debt service, it's still uh, relatively uh, low by historical standards. So I think, again, that, that helps us uh, going into this recession in 2023. Well said. Marina, really appreciate you making the time. Thanks for talking to me today. Thanks so much, Robbie. If the Fed was looking for signs that its rate hike strategy has been working, U.S. job openings fell to 10.3 million in October, suggesting demand for workers is strong but moderating, which could help lower inflation. Companies are no longer in hyper-replacement mode, fewer people are quitting, and the post-pandemic recovery is stabilizing. The wages are well above levels consistent with 2% inflation over time. Expectations are for 200,000 jobs in tomorrow's November employment situation report. On the housing front, pending home sales declined 4.6% from September, the fifth consecutive monthly drop, according to the National Association of Realtors. Contract signings fell in three of four major U.S. regions in October. Meanwhile, the Midwest registered an increase. And pending sales declined in all regions compared to one year ago. The Western region, in particular, suffered from the combination of high interest rates and expensive home prices. Buyers could return if there is evidence that we are past peak mortgage rates. Today's economic calendar kicked off with the first of two labor market indicators ahead of tomorrow's payrolls report. Challenger layoffs for November and weekly jobless claims, which came in at 225000 relatively steady. We've also received October personal income and spending, up 0.7% and 0.8%, both significantly up. And the core PCE price index, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, rose 0.2% for the month, when it was expected to rise 0.3%. Later this morning brings S&P Global Manufacturing, ISM Manufacturing PMI, and construction spending in October. Four Fed speakers are currently scheduled. We begin the day with agency MBS prices better by a quarter to three-eighths and the tenure yielding 3.58 after closing yesterday at 3.70%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. We were so poor when I was a kid that we couldn't afford tinsel. We had to wait for grandpa to sneeze. <laughs> Thanks again to Candor Technology, home of the One Touch Underwrite. Supporting lenders from point of sale to post-close QC to reduce repurchase risk, increase underwriter productivity by 400%, and decrease turn times by 10. Questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities? Send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, Search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.